Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome aboard. This is Believe in Vikings. You're probably wondering where the hell the wide receivers are because we've had a lot of those on the show recently, but tonight is just a regular analysis show. Uh, It's good to get back to that every once in a while. It's been about a month, so we're going to talk about Jeff Gladney, talk about the offensive line, the draft, uh, pretty much all the topics that we've neglected uh, for the past month or so, Um, and we're going to do that uh, with Brian McKinney, who played for the Vikings and won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Uh, Ron saw Sally from Minneapolis. And then tonight we have on drew from Indianapolis. Uh, he is our fan guest tonight. And he's going to stay with us the whole time because he's got some good knowledge to drop. Um, but first we're going to talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is always free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag, the website or the mobile device, and sign up today. Receive your 50% off welcome bonus off of your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We have exited wide receiver row in three successive weeks. Um, We had uh, Nate Burleson, Randy Moss, and Troy Williamson. And so now we're going to stick to an analysis show tonight, and we have a handful of topics. I'd say about eight or nine things, and I'm sure more impromptu stuff will come up along the way. Uh, and these are going to be hodgepodge and random at the order I selected them. So the first one I want to, it, the first thing I want to talk about is a Dan Orlovsky tweet that uh, I don't know what compelled him to tweet this, but he said that there would be three teams that he foresaw would be the surprise team that picked a quarterback in the first round in this draft. And for some reason, he put the Saints on that list. To me, that wouldn't be a surprise at all because, you know, they just had Drew Brees retire. So, of course, it, um, they might have it in their plans to get a replacement for him. Jameis Winston be damned. I uh, said the Seahawks. That one would be a surprise because they have one of the best in the business. And they put your Minnesota Vikings in there. Uh, so I wanted to get the group's thoughts on what if that indeed happened, if Trey Lance or Mac Jones or one of those dudes fell the Vikings, what would our emotions be? And I'm going to start with you, Sally. Um, I think I would be cautiously optimistic if that happens. Um, I don't foresee it happening to be, I mean, I just can't imagine a scenario where those guys did fall and, but you know, I, I don't know, I guess is, is he insinuating that they might trade up? Uh, it was open-ended. Uh, so in theory that could happen. I, uh, interpreted it as that Trey Lance fell all the way to them. And then therefore the home home state connection, they couldn't resist him but that was only my interpretation sure um you know if the home state thing really triggered them to make a pick I'd be pretty disappointed if that was the reason (laughs) but the crazier things have happened right um yeah I don't know I would be really surprised if that happened but I wouldn't be upset okay Bryant do you think that there is or how would you feel if the Vikings said you know what we're going to go get our quarterback in the future in addition to having one that we pay handsomely I um I wouldn't be mad at that at all um that would probably let Cousins know to step his game up for this next season, but also it would give the quarterback a chance to kind of like uh, learn, you know, in a supporting role uh, behind Cousins because I don't see him coming right in and taking a position, but I, I see they would want to groom him and groom him a little bit, and give him a year or two to learn behind Cousins. Yeah, and I miss that. And that's, um, I mean, way back when they didn't have to wait for a long time. Mm-hmm. But quote unquote, these days, uh, they usually get thrown in of the patch over quarterback. And that generally lasts four to eight games, depending on when the record goes pear shaped. Um, and then our guest tonight, Drew from Indianapolis, what would be your temperature on that transaction? 
So I think it's interesting, <clears throat> and, I, and I guess I, I take it kind of both ways. If, if he meant it open-ended, that makes sense from Orlovsky because he just runs out of the back of end zones. So, like, everything is open-ended to Dan Orlovsky. Uh, but if I'm, pretty good. It, uh, if I'm looking at it, uh, if it's a quarterback-hungry team, like I look at something like, uh, like Pittsburgh at 24, they've realistically got one more year with Big Ben, no one really behind them, probably geared up for a full rebuild. If Trey Lance got to 14, depending on what it looked like, I, I would almost prefer a trade back. We we understand kind of where we're at with Cousins, and realistically, this season almost feels like a like a one last ride with Spielman and Zimmer, kind of based on how it develops. So, mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be more of a band aid job about fixing the trenches and yeah, getting us to move in the right direction. Yeah, but, I also uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, that was it. Oh, okay. I also agree, and I think m- most of us do, that it is a referendum, particularly on Zimmer. I I don't think Spielman would be as close to the chopping block as Cousins and Zimmer would be if this thing were to go 6-10 and 10 or something. Um, and that would be pretty bad for the Vikings because always remember that Zimmer, even you, Sally, can remember this, Zimmer's bad years are mediocre. Uh, he's never had a bad one. And uh, Bryant pointed this out about three months ago when we – actually about five months ago now when we were talking about at one and five, should Zimmer go? And Bryant said, like, has he ever had a bad year? And I'm like, he's had disappointing, mediocre years, but he's never had a, a bad one. Uh, Ron, what about Trey Lance or Mac Jones at 14 if they fell or the idea of trading up? So I I don't like the idea of taking one of those guys at 14 um, just for the simple fact that it seems like four are going to go in the top 10. It seems that's almost all but a lock. And all that's going to do is push some of those you know, tackles or even cornerbacks or wide receivers, like positions that, you know, we could either stock up on or, you know, we need offensive line. I mean, we're right now we're going in with Dozier slated as a starter and we all know how that goes. So um, I'm fully on board of just of getting the best offensive lineman that's there as long as it's one of the top three. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't reach to take um, the name slipping me the USC kid, but if that at that point, then trading back for um, mm-hmm. whether it's one of those teams jumping up for a quarterback or <clears throat> a Micah Parsons, whatever slips. Um, so I think the way our team is constructed, the way we improve the defense in the free agency and to be able to go into the off or into the regular season with the offense being potent that it was last year. But if you improve mm-hmm. the offensive line, like, you know, that'll just help that much more because our defense isn't going to be bottom five this year. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't be happy with a quarterback at 14, but, uh, you know, I'm all for, you know, second, third round or whatever, throwing a dart at the wall and seeing what happens. But um, we need a starter in yeah. uh, with our first pick. Uh, so keep well, I feel, I feel like, you know, what is, even if they were going to get a quarterback, what is the point in getting another quarterback? If you're still not going to fix the offensive line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, if you're never going to focus on that, it doesn't really matter who you have at quarterback. There's always going to be issues. So, you know, it, it would be just kind of silly, I think. And I've felt that way about my problem isn't that I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And what my, I get frustrated is you spent all this money to bring him in here and then you didn't give him the tools that he needs to succeed to be the guy the, to match the paycheck he's receiving. Right. Like you guys didn't give still haven't given him the resources at this point. So to just swap quarterbacks, I think would just, you know, be silly. And I always say with Cousins, if if Cousins and his throwing ability and quarterback play that he has, if he had Case Keenum's ad lib ability, he'd be a top five quarterback in the league. Um, like because he clearly has the the arm ability. Like I would put his arm talent in that top five. But yeah, there's other areas that are lacking, and you know, pressure up front. He sometimes sometimes can get a little frazzled behind there. So, um, but yeah, if you fix that, he's got the weapons on the outside. He's got the running game. So. You know, he could still be in that 10 to 12 range, which is where he's being paid, um, at least this year. Next year, I know it'll balloon a little bit, but uh, um, I think he just he, people talk like he's old. He's Russell Wilson's age. Like, mm-hmm. so if Russell Wilson still has plenty of years left, which I actually think Cousins has more years left than Wilson because he doesn't get hit the way um, that Wilson does as far as the scrambling aspect. So um, when he hasn't had injuries either, you know, his whole career, like like the other guys have. Yeah. Yeah, Wilson yeah. and Cousins have been surprisingly durable. Uh, Wilson's been – that one is like, you know, somebody should write a novel about it because <laughs> he's been sacked more than anybody since he entered the league, and he's never missed a football game. And it's close that, to the ground, easy easy to fall. It's that lower, it's that lower body, man. That guy is thick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and Cousins, Cousins is also durable as hell, but he's not quite <laughs> like that. All right, so got to have a thick lower well, half to keep that ego. <laughs> Let's hear I always it, say if you spend a lot of – if you spend big money on like a new car, 
You want to make sure you have a great insurance policy in place and your offensive line is your insurance policy. Yeah, last year we made the mistake of, and we're going to talk about this in about five, 10 minutes. We have a topic of Dozier. So keep that topic at the forefront <laughs> forefront of your brain. We went into it thinking Elfline and Dozier were sufficient with guards. And um, unless they do something in the draft or they do something creative and free agency, it feels eerily familiar. So I'm hoping that they've learned uh, from the errors of their ways. Sticking on the draft topic, I'm going to go to you, Drew. Uh, to start off with, I think the only thing for certain um, about the first round pick, no matter if it's 14 or trade back or trade up, is that it won't be a running back. Other than that, everything is on the table. Linebacker is on the table, in my opinion. Cornerback is on the table. The, the trenches, uh, wide receiver, everything. And this this is kind of foreign for a Vikings draft, um, which actually gives me encouragement uh, because they've loaded up on the depth chart for the most part, besides the offensive line. Um, but cornerback keeps creeping up. And we're going to touch on Jeff Gladney's stuff right after this topic. Um, but what, would you, I call it a fetish last week that Zimmer has. And Sally thought that was uh, an interesting term that I used. Uh, do you, would you roll your eyes if it's cornerback again? Um, you know, I spent, I spent some of today thinking, you know, what is the most Zimmer move? The most Zimmer move is trading up and getting passer tank. That's the most <laughs> Zimmer move. But I, um, uh, would I roll my eyes? Yeah, there's just I don't know where the value is. Uh, Sertain will be gone. He's probably going to the Cowboys. Yeah, like if, if, I I, if I really had to put money on it. Um, but beyond that, if I'm looking at who's going to follow, you've got J.C. Horn, which is a great end corner, which understandably, with a better line, a better defense, theoretically, we may play more man. Uh, I know historically that was a, a, a Zimmer piece, but I don't know that the value's there. I, I don't know that there's a guy who fits the system appropriately. I would much rather see. Uh, a Darashaw, if that happens. Um, but uh, yes, hard eye roll, like all the way, all the way over and down. <laughs> Sally, would you roll your eyes if it's corner? Uh, no, I'd probably just laugh. I mean, yeah. I'm a big best player available gal. So, you know, if, if that is the best player available, which it sounds like you guys don't think um, the value is going to be there, it, then I don't know. I don't, I don't see cornerback because of what you guys just said, but if there was, you know, a real stud up there. I think he would for sure make sure it happened. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but maybe he would do, he might do a DB too. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian, do you, I, put, do you put any stock Bryant into, do, do you think at all about the best player available debate versus uh positional team need on draft? Well, I mean, I know um, when I was coming out of the draft, they always talked about you could be the best player available, but a team normally is going to go off with the team needs. So that's how I was told that normally go by what the team needs. But I mean, sometimes the best players out there, they might just take a chance to scoop them. Yeah. Well, it's uh, also like such a tiny like difference when you're talking about that level of talent of what is the best, mm-hmm. you know, who are mixing all positions together. Yeah. And there's always that weird balance of like left tackles a premium position, quarterback premium position. You know, it's, you can get, you don't see safeties going very high unless it's, you know, like a Sean Taylor type player, you know, Ed Reed, those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always, it, it's weird how they build the draft board and put the weight where it is, because obviously there's talent level, then positional need. And then, you know, the, where does then position come into play? So, um, I mean, obviously, Bryant, you being a left tackle, like I know Mike Williams was a guy taken ahead of you. I don't think he played much left tackle in the NFL. I, I feel like he played more right tackle with Buffalo, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. Um, like, so that alone, like, you know, I know you had said that there was talks about you going ahead of him for that reason. And mm-hmm. if you look at the class that's coming out this year, where up at the top with Sewell and now Slater, um, like Slater, they say he could play anywhere on the offensive line. So to me that I feel like that would increase his value, but it seems like they're looking at it as it's decreasing his value. And I, I don't quite understand that. Um, Cause I would say if a guy can play all five, like you test, right. test him outside. And if he's not good so there, maybe times right. have changed because um, you know, when I was playing, they said, you were more valuable the more you could do, the more positions you could play. So maybe times have changed, I guess, and I don't know how it work. decreases you when the more you can do. Right. I mean, everyone wants to be like Pat Elfine and excel at every at every position. He's very unique. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Drew? It's a, oh, it's a, it's a height issue with Slater, right? He's only 6'3", so they're worried about him being able to keep up with these some of these, like, six, seven edge guys. Um, if, if I had to pick somebody, if it wasn't one of like the premier tackles that were there, I, I think it's Quiddy Pay from Michigan, just selfishly. So I could print, get Liddy with Quiddy shirts and just <laughs> sell the hell out of them. 
<laughs> you're an entrepreneur on top of it all. Yeah, you should have kept that to yourself because somebody's going to rip yeah, that now, off. Yeah, now you heard it here first, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling the patent. Yeah, it'll tomorrow. be on YouTube so you, you, your face can be seen saying it and you can point to it. Uh, so if, it, if it's a corner, I'm going to do the exact same thing Sally is, is laugh. I will because, you know, it'll confirm stereotypes. It'll confirm the fetish. Uh, and it will be like, this is what he always does. But I'm going to bet that Ron agrees with me here. Um, if you look long-term, and that's a year from now, the only cornerback that will probably be cemented on this roster is Cameron Dantzler. Peterson's here on a one-year deal. Um, so is McKenzie Alexander. Gladney may not play for this team again. And then if we're not going to draft one this year, then we're going to draft a rookie one next year, whether Zimmer's here or not, or we're going to extend the Peterson, which would be, you know, ideal, assuming he played well in 2021. Uh, but Ron, where do I go wrong in that logic? I, I don't think you're wrong at all. Cause yeah, um, Dantzler is the only one who is, looks like a surefire, mm-hmm. you know, player on the team, but also, yeah, with the long-term um, upside. Now, what I wouldn't discount is um, because it feels like there's a, you know, there's obviously certain and then, you know, whether JC Horn or uh, um, Caleb Farley or whatever as whoever they have as a number two, three, whatever. Um, I feel like what, in my opinion, what I'm, my gut's telling me is what's more likely is maybe the Vikings are trading up to get into the second round or late first, depending on what's there and snag one of like, if Farley starts to fall because of his injury concern um, like that, that, that's a move I could see Zimmer making or going up and getting Asante Samuel jr. Um, you know, he loves those NFL bloodlines, like maybe not necessarily in who he takes, but he's that old ball ball, <clears throat> excuse me, um, old football coach that, you know, he likes that. So um you know, we'll see what happens, but I, like that would be where I'd put my money is that he's going to look to trade up or someone's going to get in that capital to get into the second round or late first um, and take a cornerback at that spot. Yep. And then if history is a reasonable indicator, that's happened before to get Harrison Smith in 2012 and then to get Bridgewater uh, at the very end of that night, which was at the time. And I still think it was pretty sweet. Uh, well, Gladney's name came up and this will be the first time we've talked about his uh, shenanigans on this show because uh, we were busy talking to Moss, Williamson, and Burleson. Uh, Sally, do you think Gladney plays for the Vikings again? And if not, is the Spielman to blame at all for any of this? I'm going to answer the second part of your question first. Okay, absolutely not. That is the most ridiculous. And I would criticize Rick Spielman more than anyone. That is such an absolute unfair criticism of him, unless it comes out that there was some incident that they were aware of that that was swept under the rug. But I don't know how in 2020 that really happens anymore, you know, um, like it did, especially with domestic violence, how much more seriously it's being taken in general around the country. I, I would hope that, you know, they wouldn't draft somebody like that. Of course, it's going to, you know, be a blemish on his record because, you know, it, he drafted him, but there's no way that he could have could have known that. So I don't think that that's fair. Um, but as I, I don't know, it's tough to say. Um, I hate to like, con, you know, convict somebody before we have all of the facts, but it, it seems um pretty bad. Um, I think the fact that the police charged him so quickly after the incident, um, you know, it seems like there's some pretty good evidence that this actually did happen. And like I said, the culture has changed a lot and definitely even in the NFL that they take these things a lot more seriously. So, um, I don't think we'll probably see him this year. Uh, who knows if what he does, um, in the meantime, if he gets some counseling, if he, you know, um, really tries to get his act together. I think then he does deserve a second chance. Cause I think all of us would appreciate that if we, you know, did something awful. Um, there's obviously some psychological issues going on there. So that need to be evaluated. So I hope not, but I'd be surprised if we see him this year for sure. Okay. Bryant, uh, you have dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of, fin- of friends that played professionally in these types of situations. So you know what ha- happened with Gladney, right? No. Oh, in in Texas, uh, he was arrested for beating the crap out of his girlfriend, a woman he was in a relationship with, and the the details were particularly vile, like you know, dragging her and like attempted strangulation, and that ha- that broke about a week and a half ago, and it's gone radio silence since then. So I'm not sure what's coming next. Well, uh, and there's witnesses to... too. It's not really a he said she oh, really? said because the, remember she the article says that she jumped into someone's car because he drug yeah. drug her outside by the hair and random people passing by you know let her jump into their van. So I mean it seems like you know, there's it's not just going to be those two you know saying that one of them is making it up or or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's evidence 
it seems like. Okay. Bryant, um, in situations and probably not for you personally, because you have that gentle giant vibe about you. Is it, uh, is it usually immaturity or alcohol or anger management or what have you observed over the years when you hear about incidents like this? Um, I'm actually friends with a couple who kind of went through this publicly, Ray Rice and his wife, Janae. Yeah. And there's like, he doesn't drink. I'm going to interrupt for just a second to talk about Sunday scaries.com. You're going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, you took a good look in the rearview mirror and said, F you 2021 for you is all about self-care and love, which means you're focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to a better life, which is why uh, you've been taking down Sunday scary CBD gummies, berries, <clears throat> bears like candy. When your mind starts racing or you need to decompress, you simply pop two gummies. In 20 minutes, you're in a total max relax chill mode. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product is not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is the stress is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. Uh, you got 20% 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo believe B L E A V for your discount. That's the promo code believe B L E A V for 20% off 25% off sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you will not regret joining the squad. But I think he, he might have had a drink that night, but he's not a drinker. Um, theirs was different because I didn't know nothing about it. I learned about it when everybody else did. Mm-hmm. But then I spoke to them, you know, after the fact. So it, it came out, like I guess, like four or five months after the fact. But they had, they had already started going to counseling. But they just had to relive it again. Um, <clears throat> where does it stem from? I really don't know where it stems from, honestly. Um it's different for everybody, you know. Yeah, I think everybody here has their different reasons. I don't know. It could have been a frustration builder. I, I have no clue okay. uh, really what happened with this situation, but I, I was aware that it happened, and I'm still, they're still together. They, you know, went to counseling. They actually had another kid since then, and they have moved on since and, and seemed to be better. Um, but I really didn't know. I didn't see this coming. And yeah. then... um. I kind of still was kind of by both of their sides where I feel like a lot of people kind of abandoned the situation. And I feel like that kind of showed him who were their friends and who wasn't because she didn't leave and she decided to stay. And she kind of has a better idea of why this happened. And we don't, um, and they were able to work it out. I figured I, you know, could give it a second chance and, yeah. Yeah. and kind of hang in there with them and, and, and make sure everything is good. So, I mean, that's kind of what I did. Okay. Uh, Ron, do you think Gladney will put on a purple helmet with white horns on it again? So at this time, I don't. Um, I feel like there it's one of the not saying he doesn't deserve a second chance or he won't get it. I mean, obviously, Joe Mixon's in, still in the league and he's being paid handsomely. But, uh, um, you know, it's like, you know, Brian, I know that with Ray Rice being your teammate and everything, like I thought the way that everything played out after, uh, you know, because he never got that second chance. Like, even though, yeah, like you said, they were, he worked on it, him and his wife were still together. And obviously they were able to get through it. Now I'm not condoning anything he did, nor do I think you are either by that, by um, what you said, but I feel like a second chance is he didn't really get a second chance because um, some people were aware of the situation and then pretend they didn't know. Mm, and they okay. were getting called out about videotapes and stuff being delivered. And they were acting like they weren't delivered. So now you're not going to embarrass the brand. We're going to now just, you well, know. Well, now, now it's funny you bring that up. So it's like so Urban Meyer is in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer at Ohio State essentially covered up like whoever it was that was beating his wife. Like, And I don't know if it's the coach aspect versus player aspect or, you know, the race issue that is out there. Um, the, even a coach that he brought in, like we had some sort of air, he, like the strength guy who had his issues, they hired him knowing of his past and, you know, for his racial racially charged stuff with his players, but they hired him knowing that only because they got backlash that they fired him. So it seems like there's that double standard as it is. Like, obviously we're all aware that here in Minnesota, we see what's going on now, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like players to get back to the original Gladney question, players will get their second chance. And I think it's rightfully earned. They should be able to start over and work them. They show everyone's been young and, you know, you grow as a person and you learn from mistakes. So I don't see it being in purple unless he's acquitted of anything. Um, unless it comes out that, you know, it's a money grab or something, but yeah, like Sally said, I feel like there is enough evidence out there that 
you know, where there's smoke, there's fire or yeah. that type of thing. So, and I think it's completely different than the Deshaun Watson case that's going on where that seems just very fishy with the, what's going on. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, we need to replace Jeff Gladney one way or another. Yeah. So most scandals, uh, the, the fixer of scandals is time. Uh, people forget. And then hopefully you have redemption forgiveness. You know, if, if the person is worthy of it or wants it. Uh, but usually if it's politics, if it's sports, uh, if enough time passes, that's when you can start to either just not care anymore or let it heal. I mean, if you take your temperature on what you thought of Adrian Peterson in October, 2014 versus now, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he ever really came out and uh, proclaimed to be a different guy, but it's just fa- so far in the past. And he rationalized it in terms of that's the way his father disciplined him. And we just kind of forget about it. And that's, that's the way it goes with scandals and with time. Uh, Drew, do well, you with, think- to jump on that. Um, I mean, every people who are commit domestic, domestic violence against people they love also saw that most likely from their parents. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it's like, he is now an adult. He needs to take responsibility for it. But what I would be concerned from, uh, from a team aspect, if I'm the GM, you know, you have to worry about this guy's impulse control in general mm-hmm. now. And, you know, obviously violence is the worst of it, but you don't know, is this guy going to be a hothead in the locker room? Is he going to make bad? Is he going to make bad choices in his car speeding? Or, you know, is he going to get into arguments with, with teammates that aren't violent necessarily, but just aggressive in nature. And so now it's you, it's, he just ripped the bandaid off and now you, now you know that something psychologically needs to be evaluated. So, and also to your and point, how that's uh, handled. with like for people who are blaming Spielman or saying that he messed up, like those people just should go straight to hell. Like that's just the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. Why would they say he messed up? They, uh, because of the, the character concerns that were coming out when he was at Texas because he had marijuana or, you know, issues. Like what see, it, marijuana issues doesn't give you... It, it, it does the exact opposite. No, yeah. right, right, right. It should make him anti anti hitting women if he's smoking right. weed. But, but like right? for people saying that, like because he drafted him, he didn't vet out the process. Like all anything could happen at the flip of the switch. Like who knows if if you're drinking or whatever, and you know something, your personality is changing. You can be a different person. So for anyone who mm-hmm. thinks that Spielman's to blame, like you know whether or not you like the guy or not, there's zero ch- percent unless yeah, unless he hid something or like, unless Spielman did him. this every time, taking. Right. The baddest man on the planet hoping for the best. And he clearly but when they do that. when they turn the character issues or red flags um of athletes like Dalvin Cook, like if anything were to happen to him in the future, God forbid, like mm-hmm. are they gonna say, Well, they knew this coming out of Florida State that <laughs> well, he they will, had, yeah. had character problems? Like <laughs> so it's just well, like to talk about, you know, to somebody to compare him to, Chris Cook did have those character issues. I know this is 2010, but that's a by comparison, I think something Rick Spielman should be held accountable for. Because that was multiple issues. There was a domestic violence issue. There were drug issues. There were Wait, also. I played with Chris Cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm not shitting on Chris Cook, but I'm saying that's different, but to me than Gladney, because with Chris Cook there was a history. Right. Of- they knew about the, about the domestic. Like same reason, like with Tyree Kill in Kansas City. Like there was reason why he ended up going to Northern Alabama because he got kicked off his college team for punching and choking his pregnant girlfriend. So he was a fifth round pick, clearly just off of his off the field stuff, not because of his talent. So um, right. some coaches will sweep certain things under the rug which is funny because apparently kareem hunt was the deal breaker there in kansas city but uh um yeah i I don't know to blame the gm is dumb i'm pretty sure they're eternally upset they didn't slow roll that one uh it was just the point in time they had to make a statement but drew we forgot about you for a couple minutes Uh, what's what's your temperature on gladney and will he play for the vikings again yeah so i I don't think he will um to to sally's point there's a lot of evidence here that that dictates drug outside of a car, all those things. If guys like Greg Hardy, for example, yeah. uh, Alvin Smith can get second chances in the league, it'll happen. Um, uh, but those guys were also like real, real talents, which Gladney um, was a first round pick and someone will take a chance on him somewhere. I don't think it's with us. I don't think it's this year. Um, and, and you have to question, you know, as a, as a mid-graded rookie corner in, the, in your first year, is it is it worth that? Uh, that reach for any team that's out there. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, you know, uh, thoughts to Gladney. Hopefully he figures out, you know, what's, what's going on. You hate to see somebody go back to a bad situation after becoming a, you know, an instant millionaire and having to deal with that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ugly all around. I don't think Can I that- ask you guys, do you know what the minimum punishment is of this? If he does get convicted by the league two years, 
Oh, 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 one year. Excuse me. I believe it's one year for the. Well, it seems like the league. Spend him for one year with no pay, right? The commissioner list. I believe so. But it seems like the league makes it up as they go yeah, on. Like, they, like every, every punishment is different, games, and yeah. which you know, it's. No, you're right. I just didn't know if there was a new because Ray Rice. They really came down on him because of the video, but then. Yeah. You know, when there's not a video, they don't normally respond that drastically. Video well, will eternally, it does eternally change everything. And especially with all the right. stuff we're seeing in Minneapolis, that shit has happened for decades. And uh, uh, like the police brutality and the only reason right now that it's coming to a head and there's finally video. justice is because there's video. Uh, I swear to Christ, that's the way it goes. And it's criminal in, a, you know, in, in an unironic way. It just takes you know a little bit of technology to bring it to the forefront. Uh, Drew, I'm going to go back to you, uh, and I want to talk about uh, about a less serious issue, like football personnel. Uh, since God. we talked, since we talked uh, without extra player guests, Eric Wilson, Anthony Harris, Jalil Johnson, and Shamar Steven all found new homes, and uh, they're not in Minneapolis. Uh, how much will the Vikings collectively miss those dudes? Um. Can I give you like negative percentage points? I, I think the only one that will really truly miss is Harris, maybe. Uh, but for the price tag, I don't. I don't think that's the case. Um, I, I think Xavier Woods provides a, a good band aid there. Uh, but but Johnson, uh, it, Eric Wilson had a ton of turnovers last year. But we can argue like up and down how fluky that is and the the realistic chance that, that stuff's going to happen. But uh, I don't think we will. I, I think that Troy Dye will take a step and replace what Eric Wilson would have been as, a, as far as a, as far as the depth guy there. Um, Johnson, I don't know where he would have played or how he would have rotated in. Harris would be the only one I would have a question mark. And that's still a TBD based yeah. on Woods and how that works out. Okay. Uh, Bryant, when you have a somewhat veteran presence, a nucleus, not a nucleus, but a hodgepodge of four or five dudes uh, that <clears throat> exit the team and they're replaced with the new guys, is there like an acclimation process for the new guys or is it pretty instant chemistry or does it depend or how does it go? They have developed chemistry. Um, everybody has to get kind of used to each other and kind of build some type of chemistry. Um, especially we have like some veteran guys who everybody's used to know how they act and, you know, kind of just know them when new guys come in, you do try to get a feel from even if, even if you care for them at all, you know what I'm saying? So th there is a process of just really trying to get to know the person. Okay. Now, how is it? Well, I was just going to ask Brian on this. Yeah, so like to my account, we have like from our starting deal defense this year versus last year, we'll have seven new starters and that's not counting. Um, and that's including or that um, Dantzler was a starter last year, assuming he was, and then bar missing time. So mm -hmm. with that, like with that said, with the seven new guys, because Daniil Hunter's one that wasn't there last year, Michael Pierce, um, is there something that, and granted they were horrific last year, but I, as a player, when there's that much like new guys, whether they, they're new after missing a year, like, like uh, Hunter did, or just everyone being new, um, does that, have a negative impact or more of a positive impact on the on the team? No, it shouldn't have a decent impact because this is when your OTAs and things like that is that's the purpose of those. Um, especially when new guys come in to have your OTAs to get timing down, get communication down, start to understand how the player who's next to you, how they're how they move and, and handle things. And that helps you get a better idea of how to play, you know, you know, with uh, new guys. So that's really the purpose of it. So, like I said, like last year, they didn't get a chance to have all that, and it looked like it on defense. Um, but hopefully this year they get a chance to, uh, you know, have that that time period and, and you know, and then go into training camp and already know the type of player they're playing with. Ron, will the Vikings miss those four dudes? Um, you know, to Drew's point, I, I don't see any big – miss out of that. I mean, Wilson as the third linebacker, um, I think that's the only one where we really have a significant drop because I can't say what Nick Vigil's abilities are. I know he's a good tackler, um, probably a better tackler than Wilson, but Wilson's speed was great at the linebacker spot. But being a third linebacker, you don't need that, you know, for 70 plays a game. They play, you know, what, 20, 30 plays. So, and Harris, I feel like his drop off in play over the past couple of years or over last year compared to the year before um, was significant. Um, and I actually think Xavier Woods is a very underrated player. Like Dallas has never had like a good defense. Um, and when he was at his best was when he was playing next to Byron Jones, when he was playing safety for the Cowboys. So, um, and Byron Jones is a cornerback and he's not nearly the player that Harrison Smith is. So I think that alone, 
alone is going to help um, his range in the, the back end of the secondary. I think he can replace what Harris does. So um, the other guys, I mean, they're all rotational at best. Um, you know, Armand Watts and Julio Johnson, very similar players. And um, don't forget about James Lynch. who We drafted last year yep. in the fourth round. So, um, so yeah, I don't think they'll be missed. Okay. Sally, do you think we'll uh, miss Anthony Harris? Well, Anthony Harris, you know, that's going to probably be determined. Like you guys said, he did have a down year last year. So it's kind of hard to say where he's going to go now. Um, Selfishly, I'm going to miss him because he would have been the one current player I could definitely get on this show. So um, (laughs) he went to my rival high school and then I see him out a lot. So I definitely could have got him on here. So, but I'm more bummed about Eric Wilson. Um, I think, you know, you have an, uh, an undrafted guy on the team who um, really improved his game over the three years under Zimmer. He'd had a much bigger role last year. He had a couple picks um, against I, the one coming to mind is Russell Wilson towards the end of the game in Seattle. And I feel like um, we're not recognizing his special teams contributions. Uh, he had some pretty good splash plays there on special teams. So um, I'm also going to miss Eric Wilson because it's rumored that the Lizzo song is about him. And <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, um, but yeah, all of those guys, I think will be fine. Uh, and yeah, to be I, fair, I will say I wasn't far off on the salary for Eric Wilson. Yeah, I want to no, get just wrong teams. So. Yeah, no, you absolutely nailed that. Um, I think uh, one unsung thing about Wilson is that he was the only Viking to play every game from 2017 until 2020 because uh, he got his start on special teams which Kelly yeah. uh, <clears throat> points out in an apropos way. So indeed, and it's not like we're good to go on special teams. Uh, <laughs> it's not like, like we can just miss him without a beat. So this right. new coach, <clears throat> Ficken, Ryan Ficken, he's going to have to, and the bar is pretty low. So uh, hopefully he'll be uh, leaps and bounds better than Maloof. Uh, we talked about Dozier about 15 minutes ago, and I basically want to know if any of you disagree with this. So uh, some of you, I don't know if you guys, but, uh, but the body politic got upset when the Vikings re-signed him because we're going to start him again and he sucks and all this. And yes, he was very bad uh, as you know, virtually every metric there is that an adjudicated player says. Um, they signed him, in my opinion, to be a depth guy. There's absolutely no meat into his contract. He could be cut right in training camp, right after preseason. And I don't think he's going to be the starting guard and people are inclined to think that we're just starting him all over again. And I know we have uh, documented frustrations about the offensive line, but I really don't think that that's stupid to start him again, thinking he is the solution. So do any of you think Dakota Dozier will actually start like as the plan in week one? So I actually, to your point, (laughs) to your point, Dust, I, I actually love him coming back on a minimum as a backup, much like what we've done with uh, Rashad Hill over the past few years. Like I love having a guy who has experience um, and can step in, in a pinch. But if we have to go into the the season with him starting on at anywhere on the offensive line, we are in trouble. Um, But as a, as a depth guy, uh, yeah, like for someone, if a guy gets rolled up on and you need someone to come in, you need someone who at least knows what to do and knows how to play, whether or not it's efficient or enough. Um, that's a different story, but I'd rather have a guy that knows what to do um, and can at least give you a few good snaps, just yeah. not a full game. Yeah. And that's kind of what he was with the Jets and it's what he was with us. And then we had the brilliant idea to start him, which didn't work out. So I think that the powers that be probably realized that and say, well, we're going to bring him back as the depth guy. That's what I perceive this at the moment that I saw the notification that told me he resigns that there was, but it was portrayed a lot differently than, than what I had in mind. Uh, Drew, do you think Dozier is the plan to start or what's your pulse? <laughs> no, I don't think he's the plan to start. I think that you're spot on. We're, okay. we're in agreement on a lot of this. Um, there's a few interesting points. So as bad as the defense was last year, I think we had a score at a more frenetic pace than what our offense was probably accustomed to mm-hmm. a lot more dedicated passing downs, what we'd seen in the past. I think that was also probably what played into the last lack of success. Uh, even in things like the screen game. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at there's PFF grades and, and we can debate, you know, how, how accurate those are. <laughs> His run blocking grade was at least over 50. <laughs> so like there's a positive. Silver uh, but how much of that was Dalvin Cook though? Just <laughs> making guys miss and making them look better. Hey, and, I, and I'm sure that that part plays into it, but as a, as a backup, as a swing guy, I mean, we made the move for, for Mason Cole. And, and frankly, I don't even think that he's probably the answer. Um, I, I think that there's going to be a lot more moves on the offensive line based on what happens in the draft and thereafter. Okay. 
Bryant, so now, did you ever have any up and down years with your performance? Like, you know, you look back at, I don't know, pick a random one. Not a whole year. I might have no. played some games. Like, you know, but <laughs> yeah. not a whole year. Well, what, <laughs> I, like running backs will have down years. Like statistically, they're probably because they're hurt. I mean, not, you know, but because they're missing time, but they might be hampered. And so I wondered if there's ever a year where you look back and you're like, damn it, that 2006 or whatever, like just wasn't, I wasn't I feeling say it. a whole year. Like okay. <laughs> not a whole year. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I knew the answer to that going better. in, but I had to hear you take it. better. The Brian, other thing you I, have, oh, sorry. I'm gonna no, say, you, go you ahead, have Brian. major injuries. I don't um, remember. No, I mean, just tore meniscus. Okay. So when was that? I tore my meniscus in the San Diego game. Um, but AP had went for like all those yards. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was that yeah, much. I played out the rest of the season. <laughs> I played the rest of the season with it, and then I just got surgery at the end of the season. When did you wear your uh, your big club? I wore that club. I had broke my hand in training camp, and then I broke it again during the season. Yeah. And I had to put the club on. Um, Helps cut down holdings, I bet. <laughs> it did. <laughs> but you had to really think about how to place this club because you're really one handed. You have yeah. to like really hit with the club because like it's balled <laughs> up. Um, so I was going to ask, like, so it seems like one of the most underrated things about offensive line, um, offensive linemen are the only positions on the field that play every that they, single the snap. The only position on the field that they only zoom in on you if you jump off sides. Right. <laughs> but, also, but also, like, like you don't, like, unless there's an injury you're getting rolled up on, like, you're, you're not coming in and out. Like, a D lineman, like, they'll bring someone no, out. Like, but, but, and you're out there and you're still, like, you're going up full-on strength against Listen, the guy opposite of you. Like how Two-minute drill. If you start like on the 20 or anywhere like that, and as soon as you get to the 50, a new wave of defensive linemen come running that's fresh. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so, gosh, here we go. <laughs> so how does that work, like, as an offense? Because, again, I think it's a very underrated characteristic because, like I said, you're out there and you're battling, keeping the guy on the opposite side, like, at bay. And then, yeah, through two-minute drill, they might be bringing someone else in. Like, wh- how is that that you're able to, um, like, I mean, I guess go for, a, like, a – say an eight minute drive um and be able to be productive in an in an atmosphere like that um i look at it as i feel like the defensive line has to run more than us because like once we finish engaging the blocking they have to turn it to run to the ball sound <laughs> like okay they're exerting a little more energy and you know i'll take my time bend down the field like try <laughs> down a little bit conserve some energy so i look at it like that but i just try to really wear them down like hopefully i get a chance to like run at them but um just mentally you already kind of know that and that's how I already knew, like, okay, once we get – if we start way back on the 20, I know once we get to the 50-yard line or better, the whole new line is going to come in as fresh. And it happens every time. So Hockey. Does that mean – like, it, is it more of like a like a physically tolling workout, like like you're just bench pressing Two nonstop? Two minutes definitely, definitely a physically tolling <laughs> yeah. period, of, period of time. And then um, a lot of times, two minutes, you they know it's past too. So um, you're, like, in pass protection, they're, they're in – you're in pass protection mode a lot of times too, so it, it can be very physically draining. Sally, do you think Dozier will start, or are you just scared of that? That would be the outcome. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be surprised if he did. If there isn't a major injury in camp um, or something like that, otherwise, like you said, his contract it's it's not like there's a huge commitment there or anything. They can cut him after camp which they're going to bring in a lot more guys to take to camp anyways that aren't going to make the team. So I don't know if the reaction fit what actually went down uh but no i doubt it i think it was because we were so hesitant at that point and still now to sign a guard (laughs) and you know you had all the the memes circulating about just sign a guard damn it (laughs) and then they did and it was dozier (laughs) it was just like pure comedy yeah yeah well that's exactly what was said so to to a t uh sally careful what you wish for right yeah, I hear you. Sally, the uh, the Vikings don't have a bona fide QB2, a backup quarterback, unless one perceives Nate Stanley as that, nor do they have an established wide receiver three, unless one perceives Chad Beebe as that. So how soon will one of those positions be filled during the draft? Like what round? Um, I would actually be surprised if they go quarterback at all, especially since they got, I know Nate Stanley was seventh round last year, but you know, I mean, maybe it's never a bad idea to draft a guy. I know no one loves Sean Mannion, but like we said, cousins is very durable and it doesn't seem like you necessarily need to invest in that position right now. Knock on wood. Um, (laughs) So, but as far as the wide receiver goes, 
Um, yeah, we lost, we got rid of sharp, right? So mm-hmm. not that he was really a, you know, third wide receiver three anyway, I, I only on fourth and short throw a deep. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say wide receiver would be more likely, you know, fourth, fifth round for sure that they'll get pick up one of those. Okay. Ron, what do you got? So now, well, ironic, cause this will be, I know there's a lot of people out there, a lot of Vikings fans who, uh, their guy became available, not Teddy, uh, but Kyle Sloter is available. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but that's, he's actually a guy that like, if they brought him back to compete for the backup and be a backup, cause with Kirk, you don't need a cerebral quarterback to be the the backup to him. You need someone who, if anything happens to Kirk, it's like I saw a quote the other day um, that I completely forgot about, but it was Tom Moore in Indianapolis that um, like, well, why don't you practice more without, with your backup as opposed to Peyton? Um, he says, well, if 18 goes down, we're effed and we don't practice for effed. Like, <laughs> which, stole my like, <laughs> analogy, man. I was going to use that. You stole it. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, so if Kirk goes down, we're likely screwed in the anyways, why not bring in the guy who at least showed that hey like I can do great in a preseason four football game but at least like have some sort of moxie to him where he might not um we don't need the, the quarterback two to be a mentor to Kirk Kirk is a is very well set um so as far as drafting one you know that's obviously the other option and uh you know I don't know what where they always say, oh, there's going to be a bunch of guys that go in the third round, but then they don't. Like last year was Eason, um, who I think was the the mid-round kind of gem, but everyone else kind of just – at that point, it's a drop in the hat. So whether it's Kellen Mond or any of these other guys that are popping. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, if we have to go to the backup, then our shows next year are going to be a little bit more somber anyways. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. So I, I hear you. Um, so on uh, Slaughter, I just want to point out, Maybe people don't realize this. Slaughter has never taken a snap of regular season football in his life. I just want to point that out. But he's so great. Well, I know that he had that sweet <laughs> preseason and that moment, <laughs> preseason final game, preseason moment. Nope. But uh, yeah. just like Mannion's never thrown a touchdown pass, Slaughter has never taken a snap in the regular season. And because he's been so many places, yeah. we assume yeah. that he's got in to kneel the ball, and he hasn't even done that. So. Well, that's what I just find comical because everyone, you know, whether it's him or, you know, at least Taylor Heineke, some people are getting some, uh, yeah. um, you know, cashing some checks on that. Like, hey, he's getting got maybe a chance to start, but they, they're clamoring for this guy because they see, you know, preseason game four. And yeah. uh, oh, know, it's fun. I, I, yeah, I love that. All the other teams apparently are messing up. <laughs> yeah. And nobody gets it except for us. Yeah. All right. Uh, Drew, um, what about what goes what do the Vikings fill first, if any of those, QB2 or WR3 during the draft? Yeah, so I think if anything, it's WR3. Um, I agree uh, with Sally. It's probably the fourth round, third or fourth round is probably when they would address it. Um, frankly, I'm expecting, I, I almost expect Spielman to move back from the 14 and try to pick up something in the second round as well. That's, I, I think he's going to try to increase flexibility there. Um, a couple targets, uh, someone like, like she Smith out of, uh, South Carolina, um, he's projected to be like an early fourth round guy. Um, also, uh, I just had the name and I lost it. Um, he's a speedster, a, isn't he? He's a speedster. You have a Mario Rogers who didn't show a ton of great separation. Uh, the kid out of Louisville, why can't, uh, Tutu Atwell, um, also just like an absolute burner. I, I feel like if we're going to add a wide receiver three, um, we're looking for some elite athleticism there. Uh, you want some guys who can run those seam routes and become really prevalent, especially off of something like play action. So I, I think something like that would be a really good fit. So now uh, to but, your point there, like being in the Indianapolis area, like yeah. at Purdue with Rondale Moore, like I know he's probably more in the second round type player. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it looked like, you know, as far as his lateral um movement like he seems like elite but his size is concerning to me like is he more of just like a kj hamler like that he might be able to do one thing well or can he be like a deshaun jackson type player who actually has an impact more so if rondale moore was like six three he would be the number one wide receiver recruit in this class and i firmly believe that um Mm -hmm. having having seen him live i mean he's an absolute he's electric um he's very small um i would almost call him like mini Percy Harvin of him calling him anything. Uh, I would, I would say call him that over something like a KJ Hamler. Um, okay. but I, so he has some toughness. Oh, yeah, to him. Kid, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, he's, he's one that like, even if, if he goes to a team, like, uh, <clears throat> like if he goes to a team like Kansas city or something that has a, a really creative, like 
offensive coordinator or just play caller in general. Yeah. He'll take, he'll take tailback snaps. I mean, they, they put him all over the place and I firmly believe that in the NFL, he'll be able to do that. And I don't think his size would be an issue. He's, he's tough to the ball. Uh, he graded out extremely well in 2019 when he played. Um, yeah, I yeah, think the feel- conversation on size, wide receiver height, has really changed over the last decade. Um, we used to, especially Vikings fans, love the tall, lanky ones like Moss or even the Cowboys days with Alvin Harper and those dudes. But now I, I think the, the the shorter ones or the not tall ones are just as productive and you know even better. Like Justin Jefferson isn't tall, tall. Uh, Antonio Brown was never tall, tall in, uh, in, their, in his heyday. Uh, you know, he was – leading the league and whatnot and all the metrics. Um, the final topic I have for tonight, and this one is for Bryant. And this is a serious note. When we talked to Troy Williamson last week, he talked about CTE. We talked about the audits and all that ridiculousness. Um, that was a fr- I've known you since August, and I've never heard about the CTE aspect with your life. And I was wondering if you'd be comfortable telling us about that at all. Like, you know, what, 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 what affects you? Oh, yeah. Um, I know I had to do the testing when I, when the testing came back, it was like, you qualify. Um, but the testing is very long. Like, but I mean, what about the, your day to day? Do you experience CTE day to day? What I do is I try to keep myself busy all the time. And, um, like I have probably trouble going to sleep at times. So I take the CBD gummies now, but like, okay. um, so like going to sleep is an issue. Um, I just thought, I don't know why I just going to sleep. is just, is, is, is a bad thing. And like, I just can't go to sleep at night. Um, so I have to keep myself busy throughout the day to kind of burn myself out, like to wear myself out. Um, and then everything else, just mentally, I always just try to keep myself, continue to keep learning things and keep myself active. Um, so I kind of do things to kind of be proactive where other people may sit and like kind of do nothing and mentally they worsen and things like that. So I always try to be like a little more proactive when I learned about it and I learned, you know, some of the side effects, things like that, what you should do. I said, okay, let me start working out. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it gives off endorphins and it helps give you like good energy and things like that. Let me start, you know, so that's why I take dance class. That's why I'm taking tennis lessons. I'm doing things to continue to keep learning and keep the brain functioning. Um, and uh, and also it just helps the body too when you keep working out. So yeah, and I took that test, I'm gonna say like four or five years ago. Yeah. You know, and... Um, sometime last year, I think they told me I, I can't say I didn't qualify, but they just told me I wasn't going to get it because I don't know. <laughs> they told me, oh, they told me I was too active. <laughs> now with that, like, obviously like CTE, just like, you know, and Troy was talking about mental health last week, um, mm-hmm. like it affects everyone differently. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're going to hop in a boxing ring and, you know, they go 12 rounds with. Floyd Mayweather or something, but like, are there any like physical restraints that you know, like, or, I mean, I'm sure you have it now where at least you avoid things that may like cause negative side effects, but are there like physical restraints that you could do in your playing days that you just can't do now? Uh, standing up for a too long period of time is like, can be a little bothering. There's certain things that you, yeah, just, and that's just with age wear and tear on your body and stuff. And the air thinner um, up there too. So <laughs> probably that too, but, um, yeah, there's there, there's some things that you just your body's not conditioned to do anymore, so you're you're not gonna be able to do it anymore. Like once you leave that, I feel like too once you leave football, all the aches and pains that you might not have felt, you start to feel all of a sudden. Like oh my gosh, why my body's really you know what I mean? And I feel like that's a big part of keeping yourself active because when you don't, you start to feel everything. So a lot of guys that I know, I told you I have a group chat with a lot of my UM guys, and I hear DJ Williams talk about it a lot. A lot of people have different things that they deal with and a lot of things, I guess, mentally and physically. And um, everybody tries to continue to, like, just work out and do things to stay active. Not be a baked potato like you said last week. Right, but I feel like that's what they want you to be. They're not doing anything to – they feel like giving you money is curing it, but they're not doing anything or creating any programs to do things to help people mentally, you know, get through things or or anything. It's just like, okay, you grade out this level. You're qualified for this amount of money. That money's not going to change it. Well, guess what? I got to use that money to pay this tennis coach and all these other people I'm hiring. Like, hello. You know what now, I'm saying? Like, is I'm there, still trying to be productive. Now, I know, like, the NFL, obviously, like, they have whatever is certain. And I don't know all the rules, but, like, for retired players, like, benefits, whatever that is, 
the little bit that they do provide. Does the NCAA have any of that? To me, the NCAA is the biggest crack of shit out there because they, they profit off of everyone. Well, they're but then, guys to get paid for marketing or using their likeness or whatever now. Right, but um, is there any sort of like insurance type stuff that like no. that college? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they've been getting paid for years, and they're a non nonprofit organization too. So, <laughs> so yeah. are the league, so the NFL. Yeah, so is the NFL. <laughs> it's all got to go to Goodell somehow. So. <laughs> hey, Brian, I I heard dance lessons in there, man. I got to ask, what are you taking? Is it salsa? What what are we doing? Can we see a little? So salsa? one of my friends is a, is a choreographer, so he kind of mixes it up. It can be like. It can be anything. It depends on where he is in the mood to teach that day when we go in there. And I do that really to help help okay. mentally, you know, retain information and then also from the physical aspect. That's awesome, man. Sally, you want to follow um, up with Brian? Yeah, there? sure. I was just curious, um, how many head injuries can you point to that you think you've had? I know that the concussion testing is a lot different now and more thorough. So mm-hmm. do you think you have a lot when you were young that maybe you didn't you even know, know about? crazy? They said, I, I watched the study and they said it's not even about having concussions. It's, they said the, the contacts are little, little waves by itself. So every time you're contacting somebody, it's creating a little wave. Like, you know what I mean? But I just remember totally, I remember one where it was like the lights went out, but then they came back on. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like it happened for me and the other person. I think it was a playoff game. I think it was the, um, I was with the Ravens. It was a playoff game. I want to say maybe New England. And me and the defensive lineman, we just like charged out. Boom. And it was like a period of time where it seemed like the lights really went out. Like, and it was just, I seen darkness. And then it was like, it powered back on, and I could see again, and I just ran him again because I felt like he must was stuck too for a minute because he wasn't moving either. Like he was kind of like we both kind of went back. Like, and I guess all of a sudden I could see faster. And I hit him again. <laughs> okay, so that was one. That was only one that I remember. Like, whoa, that was a lot. <laughs> That's the one that stood, that stood out the most. What do you think they're so afraid of why they don't want to just be open and honest about everything? Because everyone already knows that CTE is caused by contact, like you described. We Mm -hmm. learn more about it all the time. So it seems like they're just being dishonest. And I don't think that that's a look for them. But why? What's, you know. One, they don't have to fork out all this money to all these different people that are qualifying for it. So they're going to try to find ways and loopholes to not have to pay people because that saves the money. And then um, two... Um, they don't want people to now like not like kind of stray away from the sport or having their kids play the sport but they realize the sport could be a little dangerous but that's happening anyway like <laughs> they should still take care of you guys that's what i don't want like you know honestly i feel like that the way that it's set up is um it's all about what have you done for me lately and it's like Okay, yeah. you don't want to do it well, we got somebody else to come right in and take your place and they'll do, you know do exactly what you wouldn't do so you know, a lot of guys are trying to, you know, feed their families, do things. So some people will put their body on the line. I mean, I have, but I didn't realize CTE wasn't a thing. Then you just got your bell rung back when I came in. Then you got back out there. Like, towards the end of my career, that's when they started talking about it. So we weren't educated, you know, enough when I first got in. It was just like, you got your bell rung. Then later on, towards the end of my career, that's when they started talking about the whole concussion and CTE. Like, a lot of people had concussions. When I was in college, I know a few guys that was having, getting concussions a lot. But it was never CTE was never attached to it. Mm-hmm. All right, John, that is towards the end here. Um, we won't talk to you again, Drew, at least on air before the draft. So you're gonna lead us out of the show. I want you to tell us what you think the Vikings will do in the first round of the draft. Not what you want, what you think, your prediction. <laughs> I think they trade back. Um, and I think Elijah Vera Tucker, if he's there in like the twenties, if they can move back with a team like Pittsburgh, like we talked about, I think okay. that's probably the play. Okay. Feels a guard spot. We got to save Garrett Bradbury. I feel so bad for that guy, man. Just gets yeah. beat up every every play. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a trade back if anything. Okay. All right. That's all we got for tonight. We'll be back next week um, for probably more draft talk. Maybe we can figure out some mini mock draft that we do between uh, the four of us. And then I'm going to the draft in Cleveland the following week, so we might have to bump the show up to a Tuesday night. But I, I doubt that'll be too much of a problem. But that's all we got for tonight. And Skull Vikings.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.